to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today we brought on Katerina Stepanova as our guest, and she is focused on the mobile home investing asset class in real estate. And so she is with M2K Partners. So I'm super excited to have her on the show today, share with us her experiences and her expertise. So welcome to the show, Katerina. How are you doing? Eileen, thank you very much for having me. Very excited to share with your audience about mobile home park investing. <laughs> so Katerina, can you share first a little bit about your background and how you got started with mobile home investing? Sure. Mobile home park investing. investing. Yes. I started as probably most of the audience here on this podcast with single family rentals. Quickly realized that it's not as scalable as I would love it to be. And I first purchased my rental. It was out of state turnkey investment. And that was in Memphis, Tennessee. And I'm in New York. That also tells you a little bit about how much money I had to invest. So I put together whatever I had and purchased single-family rental there. In the course of just the first six months, I had two evictions, one after another. In six months? In six months. Wow. (laughs) And that was quite dramatic. And I just realized that it's not really scalable if I would love to invest for cash flow, which was always my goal and still is my goal, I need to do better. And by better, I turned to commercial investing and I started my research. And probably most of the real estate investors think about commercial investing. They think right away about apartment buildings. So I was not an exception. I looked at apartment buildings and they seem to be, they were very competitive as now, same thing. The very competitive cap rates were quite low at the time. Cash flow didn't quite make sense, didn't quite pencil out for me. So I decided that I need to continue my search. And I was listening to podcasts and found mobile home parks. And I thought that sounds really interesting. I have not heard many people invested in mobile home parks at that time. So I thought, that might be something interesting and less competitive. Possibly I will have more, my chances will be higher if I go that route, which I, I'm glad I did. <laughs> really quickly, I want to touch on the, that single family that you had because you said in six months, you had two turnovers. Did you self-manage it or did you have a property manager out there to help you manage it? That was a turnkey company that I invested with. And they were responsible for sourcing the property for me, then renovating it and renting it out. Then not, I vetted them as much as I could. I flew in, I visited with them. They're actually not a bad company whatsoever. They're actually pretty good, but it seemed like we just hit a patch (laughs) and it was not very successful at that particular time. We haven't had bad experience since and it's been already probably six years. I have this property 
we have not had that bad luck since two to four. But yeah, <laughs> that was the case definitely back then. Oh my goodness. So in the first six months then to find the new tenant with a property management company, did you have to find another lease up? Did you have to pay like another lease up fee to be able to put another tenant in there or anything like that? Or were you even cash flowing that first year that you had owned it? So well, my first year, I think my cash flow all paid for that turnover. And I don't believe I made any money on that. But most importantly, I think my lesson learned was that if you really want to be safe, go commercial, go 10x your number of units. That was the message that I got from that experience. And yes, I do still believe if you want to be safer, go bigger. So mobile home parks, how did you... Well, first of all, people might not be... It's a more of a niche asset class with the mobile home parks. So what was your understanding of what a mobile home park was? Since you said that that was the first time that you had ever heard of what a mobile home park was and you could even invest in something like that. Yes, absolutely. That was a very novice concept for me. I live in New York, so not too many mobile home parks for me to visit here. And yes, I was mostly was looking at pictures online and was listening and was trying to imagine myself even going through the park, who would live there, you know, what would it mean for me to be an owner of mobile home park? And I was just trying to see myself, envision myself, what would it mean to own an asset like that? But as I was learning more, I also learned that investors prefer to own simply land, lease up land. So that was pretty much your community consists of lots that are include infrastructure. And then you lease those lots to your residents who own their homes. And that was a concept that I could grasp and almost seemed like a parking lot of mobile homes. Yet it had a very appealing feel of a community, of a little subdivisions sort of where residents live next to each other they do things together they would celebrate some holidays together they will have their kids playing in the same playground so that is something that i just learned as i was learning i made myself really comfortable with that idea and when i was visiting my first mobile home park that's when i was already on the contract for one I was just really trying to grasp and <laughs> it did take me a while to really get fully comfortable, fully understand what this asset class means and who are my residents, how do they live, where do they work? And yeah, and you know what? I mean, 20 million Americans live in manufactured housing communities across the United States. So that is not a small number. Actually, if we look at the statistics, quite large number of Americans live in manufactured housing. And manufactured communities, they vary greatly from lifestyle communities, five-star communities that are waterfront with clubhouses and all these beautiful amenities where you can find, for example, in Florida or Arizona, you have age-restricted communities for 55-plus to mobile home parks. Also, some, they are so small, as small as maybe six spaces, six homes. 
in the community and they may be not paved. They may be just really in a rural area in the middle of nowhere. They are on a well and septics. And so manufactured housing industry has includes a variety of assets. And I would say, if you consider in this class, just pick what speaks to you and pick your audience, so to speak, and then get to really know them and get to know your residents, get to know that specific niche even more. What does it take to operate a mobile home park? Like what are some of the expenses that are entailed as an owner of a mobile home park? And then how do you also, you know, is it just the lease rents that create the income into that property? How does that kind of work? Sure. Manufactured housing is probably very attractive to investors because it has one of the lowest expense ratios in a commercial real estate. Because if you are in run your mobile home park as the lease only communities, then you only have expenses to maintain your common areas, just roads, maybe street lights, and this may be it. Especially if you're in city water sewer, there is really nothing else that you would need to provide to your communities. You'll probably just snow plow and or mow your common areas. And the rest of the expenses are going to be on your residents. They will be responsible for taking care of their own lots to pay for their water, sewer, electricity, gas, and so on. So really, if you run your business that way, you have very few expenses. However, and again, this is why I really enjoy this business, because you can be quite creative. And depending on your location of your communities, you may choose to run your community as sort of horizontal apartment (laughs) complex, you may choose to rent your homes. In this scenario, yes, you will have your regular maintenance, home maintenance, and you may choose if, for example, you are on a well, for example, and wastewater treatment plant. I know it sounds a little new to (laughs) to your audience probably, then you may have expenses of maintaining that infrastructure as well. But that is why I really enjoy this business. It provides enough variety to continue being interesting, yet you can choose your deal criteria and stick with what you like doing best. And how long are the typical leases that you guys have for in the mobile home park area? Yeah, it's same as apartment buildings, same 12 months lease. And then normally after 12 months, they would just go months to months. So I'm assuming, is there like an on-site property manager at these parks as well? And so how do people typically lease out a spot? Sure. Yes, we do have an on-site community managers and we do advertise in Facebook Marketplace. That's probably one of the most common Uh, places and we invite people who own their mobile homes, bring their homes into our communities. We will help them with a move. We sometimes we can pay for the move as well. And we'll just invite them to come and place their home in our community. Oftentimes we sell homes on, um, we list them with option to buy. So they would come in, they will select a home that they like and then they will be paying us lot rent and a portion and the option. And then at the end of the term, 
it may be three years, maybe four years, five years, depending on the overall price of the home, they will just own their home outright and will simply be left with the lot rent. And at that point, they have the title for their home. They're fully owners of their uh, home. And yeah, and they only pay us the lot rent. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. What's a typical like turnover time for a resident of one of these places? And typically, what's the average time that a resident usually stays at that current lease? Mm-hmm. Well, Eileen, we normally sell our homes with option to buy. We normally do not rent. So our residents stay with us for years. No one really leaves because they are on track to own their own home. So there is really no incentive for them to move on, to be looking for another place to leave. Here, they're getting an opportunity to own something. And those homes, they are, these days, they could be very nice. And if you look at the most recent homes that are being offered in the market, they are quite nice. They are three-bedroom, two-bathroom. One of the newest, well, that was actually not the newest home, but it was probably 90s home that we got into one of our communities. And we do not turnaround communities, so ours are not lifestyle communities. But even that unit that we just brought in, it had jacuzzi, it had skylight in the bathroom. I mean, these are really comfortable homes to live in. They have island in the kitchen. I mean, these are really comfortable homes. So people really don't have incentive to leave their home and just move on. What is a typical cost for to move one of these mobile homes if they wanted to? Yeah. So that's probably another reason. It's cost thousands of dollars to just move the home, but then you need to know where you move in it. You need to have the right, maybe if it's a lot of land, it needs to allow for the manufactured home to be placed on that lot. It needs to have utilities there. So it's not as easy as it may sound because we in the park, of course, we have utilities set up for a home. We have the crew who will hook up utilities, who will tie down the home, make sure it's installed correctly. And if someone is leaving, they need to know what their plan is. So everything above the land is really going to be maintained by the resident and everything below the land is maintained by the owners of the park. Yes, that is correct. Got it. So as investors, typically, how long is a project like this if they were to invest in a mobile home park? Let's say if they wanted to do something like a limited partner or something like that and just place their capital with working 
you know, with a company like your guys's company, what is a typical hold time period? And then how do they generally make money as an investment? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I mean, our company, we specialize on turnaround projects. So we would go, our markets are, well, we actually buy communities all across the United States. We own in Alabama. We own in, we used to own in Florida. We are in Ohio, Michigan, Arizona, Texas. So I think this is it. Uh, <laughs> yes, we, we in the process of purchasing communities in additional states so which will make us truly nationwide and for us the typical turnaround time is about 2 to 3 years and so far we have been doing a lot of JVs joint ventures where we have partners who've been with us from the first project and they just stay on with us we refinance do cash out and then they will just stay on with us for future projects we will have some additional projects where we will be doing the syndications and we do distributions, same as probably everyone else. Yeah, and our typical turnaround is about two to three years. I think we probably will have something longer, especially with the current rates, probably five-year time frame is also very possible in the upcoming future. Yeah, but after we're done with turning around the property, we'll keep it indefinitely for for cash flow. So the plan will be just to hold it, uh, keep up with rents, keep up with maintenance, refinance, return the capital, keep our partners paid and through distributions and just cash flow the property indefinitely. How is the property typically like valued on a park like this, especially? And then how do you improve the value or when you're looking to turn it around or sell it? Sure. Well, Eileen, for us, turnaround projects would include submitting utilities such as like water. We will do, we'll see if there are any efficiencies and management that we can implement. We will see if we can somehow optimize maybe expenses such as, you know, trash, overall community maintenance, Sometimes utility expenses for common areas may be just out of control. So that is very common. We also like a lot of park-owned homes that are vacant because we have a great team that will come in and they will rehab a lot of homes. We can. We previously had experience of rehabbing over 30 homes in a course of 12 months. So we can be quite efficient in that regard and we'll sell of those homes, we will obviously improve occupancy. We'll just keep up with rents. But step number one, of course, this is decreasing expenses and also submitting expenses, not just because it benefits our bottom line, but also then it optimizes consumption, like water consumption. Because again, we don't want to be wasteful. We want residents to be mindful of resources. Water currently is uh, one of the biggest resources, for example, in our community in Texas. I mean, not just water is very expensive, but we want to be mindful of environment. And manufactured housing is probably one of the most environment-friendly types of housing, as you can find there. Our footprint is very small, (laughs) just the size of the home, but overall, it's very yeah environment friendly so we're just kind of trying to keep it that way and run our communities as efficiently as possible we'll try to 
just optimize where we are without adding extras that are not necessary. Our residents are typically blue-collar workers. So what we want to do is improve the current amenities, not necessarily adding extras, but just make whatever we have a just very comfortable, safe place. And value add, typical expense ratio on a lot lease community is about 35-ish percent, I would say. It's very possible to achieve that. Granted, you're not in a high tax market like New York, your taxes may be like 3 4% of your revenue. So in that scenario, if you just deduct from your profit 35%, 40%, whatever is left, you know, these days you have to be very mindful, of course, of your rates, your interest rates. But yeah, I'm not even going to go into mm-hmm. cap rates this <laughs> right now, but they would be valued, the value will vary greatly depending on the class of the asset, as we talked to earlier. And what's the typical occupancy rate on one of these properties or like the average that you see across the different parks? Again, that will vary greatly. We purchase turnaround properties, so their occupancy anywhere from 40% to 80% will improve the occupancy. That is why one of the non-negotiables in any acquisition that we make is the economy has to be strong. Otherwise, you cannot fix that. So that remains unchanged. And we only would purchase something that is cash flowing currently or has an opportunity of start positively cash flowing in the very close future. Otherwise, it's we see it as a bit being a little too speculative. So we want to make sure that we are positioned to not only to success, but we have a very clear view of where we're going with the property and how we can deliver to, to our partners. Is there anything else that a newer investor in mobile home parks should be aware of as they're looking to venture into this asset class? Well, aside from just education, which you absolutely got to have, you need to know how to what is mobile home park, what is it and what it is not, and how to evaluate the deal. Because as we were just talking a little earlier, and I mentioned the private utilities sometimes in mobile home parks, aside from city, they can be the park it can be on septics and can be on well, it can be on a wastewater treatment plant, it could be on lagoon. So you really need to know what you're dealing with and what the exposure liability exposure could be if you were to evaluate the community incorrectly or take the seller's representation of expenses for as is. So definitely education, definitely education. And once again, you can fix almost anything if you bought it right and if the market is a good solid market. (laughs) So Katerina, how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? Well, I think it's impacted my life greatly because I was able not only leave my job, I have definitely, my dreams are coming true. So I'm so happy (laughs) to say. So whatever I came to this industry for is starting, I can definitely see the fruits of the labor coming to pass. It's not as immediate, nothing is overnight. Truly, you have to work hard at it. And definitely the quality of life and just then the amount of time that I can take 
for myself and for my family, that's truly precious. Yeah, I would say that that's probably the most significant improvement since starting Mobile Home Park Investing, real estate investing. And if there's one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started, what would that be? Well, real estate is not really about real estate. (laughs) (laughs) Real estate is mostly about people and not just your sellers, but your residents, your business partners. It's truly who. It's all about people who you're dealing with, who you're working with, who you partner with, who you're buying from, who lives in your communities. It's all about people. So as much as we evaluate deals and the real estate and analyzing real estate, we need to spend, if not more time, on analyzing and evaluating who we work with and who we serve as uh, investors, as uh, community owners. And if there's one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing, what would that be? Well, I would say those who understand that people are absolutely everything. In our business, I think probably in any business, but I think as we progress even more in our investing careers, I think if we spend more time focusing on people, I think we will be very successful. If we will be focusing more on actual stick built (laughs) structures and everything else. I think this may sound very natural, but this is really not about real estate as much as it's about who we're serving. Awesome. And Katarina, where can I listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? Well, sure. I think anyone who is interested in mobile home park investing, just learning what it is, how it works, They can check out free information on mhptribe.com. And there is lots of recordings, workshops that we've done in our mobile home park community for discussed range of topics. Anyone who is interested can go there, search by keywords, can find out how to source a deal, how to evaluate the deal, any really aspect of mobile home park investing, they can find there. They can join our community every Monday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, every single Monday. We talk shop <laughs> on um, and they can find information in our Facebook group and join the call, ask questions, listen. We probably have maybe 40% or so, 40-50% of actual mobile home park owners, investors on the call every single week. And same number of newbies who just coming to to learn. And yeah, everyone is very welcome. Awesome. Katarina, why so appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing all of uh, your journey with us. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, Check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sale and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. 
Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.